Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. Today's story comes from the headlines back in 2012, a Facebook unfriending gone wrong. As always, my sources are listed in the description area and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This is episode 73, the case of Janelle Potter. Some things happening around the world during 2012, there was the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, and that was truly one of the saddest things I've ever heard about. Queen Elizabeth celebrated her Diamond Jubilee. NASA's Curiosity rover landed on Mars. MasterCard and Visa had massive security breaches that compromised over 10 million credit card numbers. The Avengers was the highest grossing film. There was Hurricane Sandy, which brought significant wind and flood damage to the islands and parts of the U.S. And lastly, on November 26, 2012, there were no reports of violent crime in New York City. It was the first time in recorded history that New York went an entire day without violent crime. Not a single murder, shooting, stabbing, or other incident of violent crime was reported for the whole day. Not sure what was in the air that day, but for some reason there wasn't any crime. There is a book about this case that was written by the lead prosecutor, Dennis Brooks, called Too Pretty to Live. In the book, he goes into way more in-depth coverage of the case. I'm just touching what I know about. Janelle Potter was born on April 27, 1981. Janelle had some intellectual disabilities with an IQ of only 72. She also had type 1 diabetes as well as speech and hearing difficulties. She struggled making friends throughout school. Janelle's parents are Buddy and Barbara. Barbara worked for Hewlett Packard and Buddy, whose real name is Marvin, is a retired Marine who had once rescued POWs. Later, he says he served with the CIA, but this isn't confirmed and it was kind of a hush-hush thing, which is why he didn't talk about it. Her dad is now disabled with lots of health ailments and he even uses an oxygen tank. Mom is disabled as well, but she's still able to work. So growing up, Janelle has all these health issues. Her parents keep her extremely sheltered. She's not allowed to go outside and do all the things other kids do. Janelle could have likely fit in with other kids, but her parents still didn't allow it. They kept her on a tight leash. She never learned how to drive. She never went to prom. She never stayed up late talking to boys on the phone. She had zero social skills with others. Janelle had grown up in Philadelphia as a kid, but her parents moved her to Mountain City, Tennessee in 2005 when Janelle was in her mid-20s. This is a small town, so small in fact that it's only three miles long. Everyone knows everyone and all of your business. Big change from growing up in Philadelphia. Janelle says people in this town didn't like outsiders. Buddy and Barbara have another daughter named Christy, who eventually grew estranged from the family. She couldn't stand how her parents were with Janelle and just removed herself from the whole family. She went to live with her grandparents. 
So Janelle has all these rules growing up. So you'd think she would turn 18 and leave home and rebel, but her parents continued their reign over her. It's 2011 and Janelle is 30 years old and still has the same rules she had as a child. At 30 years old, her bedroom is covered in stuffed animals. She's not allowed to go out and make friends. She's never driven a car or had a job. Her parents say she has the mind of an eight or nine year old, but she was never able to even see her potential. People with intellectual disabilities can grow up and have jobs and be independent, but that's not the case with Janelle. She's not allowed to drink alcohol or even date. Again, she's 30. Her only company was her parents. She had no one else. There's one thing that Janelle is allowed to do. She's allowed to use the family computer. So she makes a Facebook account. Her account is heavily monitored by her parents though. It's mostly her mom doing the reviewing since her dad didn't really know how to use a computer. Janelle mostly posted photos of puppies and super happy things, likely so she didn't get in trouble. She's not bitching about a job, she's not posting funny memes, she's not sharing concert photos, all the things people in their 30s do. She's basically just posting things her parents would like to see. Janelle was allowed to walk by herself to the local pharmacy to pick up her medications. It was very close to her house. That's the only place she's allowed to go alone. She met a pharmacy clerk there named Tracy. Tracy instantly likes Janelle and feels sorry for her because of her health issues and the fact that she has no friends. Tracy is around the same age as Janelle and has a completely different life. She's more of a typical adult. She exchanged phone numbers with Janelle and Tracy is going to take her under her wing and ask Janelle if she wants to hang out sometime. Janelle is terrified to ask her parents, but her parents eventually allow Janelle to spend time with Tracy. No one else was allowed to be around though, just Tracy. Janelle is freaking out. She finally has a friend in her life and someone to talk to besides her parents. Janelle became a little obsessive, which is understandable. She never had anyone else paying attention to her besides her parents. Janelle loved talking to Tracy at her house because her parents weren't around and she could be normal and not watch every little thing that she says. Janelle sees how normal Tracy's life is as an adult and wishes she could have the same. Tracy takes her outside for walks and they go rock climbing and shows her what it's like to be outside of the house. This is fine with Janelle's parents because they feel Tracy is a safe person and she always assures them it would be just the two of them. One thing Janelle has never had in her 30 years is a boyfriend or a crush. So obviously the first time she's away from her parents, she's going to take an interest in pretty much any man that comes along. Tracy has a brother, 36-year-old Billy Payne. Sometimes he would stop by the house when Janelle was there and Janelle instantly falls in love. She has a huge crush on him. She feels like a grown-up at Tracy's and this man walks in and she's head over heels in love with him. But Billy isn't available because he has a girlfriend already, a woman 10 years younger than him. Her name is Billie Jean Hayworth. So the couple is Billy and Billie Jean, and together they will have a newborn son. Janelle doesn't care or she just doesn't understand. She loves Billy and wants to be his girlfriend. Remember, her parents don't even know he comes around sometimes to his sister Tracy's house. Somehow they were all able to be friends on Facebook though. 
Tracy has this friend group, which includes her brother Billy and his girlfriend Billie Jean. Janelle watched Billy and Billie Jean and how they treated each other and went places together, and she wishes she had a partner to do the same things with. She's incredibly jealous. Billy does not have the same feelings towards Janelle. He just saw her as one of his sister's friends. He was in love with his partner and the mother of his child, Billie Jean. Tracy knows Janelle has this deep crush on Billy, so she decides she's going to introduce her to her cousin, who is single, a man named Jamie Curd. They both end up liking each other, but Janelle still has her eyes on Billy. Jamie buys Janelle a secret cell phone so they can talk on the phone every day and her parents won't find out about it. Janelle sometimes sneaks off to see Jamie, but tells her parents that she's going to Tracy's. Eventually, she introduces Jamie to her parents, but says he's just a friend that she just met. She doesn't tell them that they're dating. She says he's just here to fix their computer. Janelle is pretty brave to keep this huge secret from her parents. I'm not quite sure how she did it. Janelle told her parents there was something in the computer that needs maintenance all the time, so Jamie has to come over and fix it often. Her parents didn't question it. They didn't know much about computers. Barbara and Buddy allowed Janelle to leave the house a little more than usual around this time, but her phone and Facebook is still heavily monitored. One day, Janelle is scrolling on Facebook, and she suddenly stopped in her tracks. She sees all these comments from an anonymous person on her page. They are horrible comments, and they are bullying her. The comments read that she's ugly, she's a bad person, even one that says that she should be raped. Janelle goes to her parents and shows them. Her mother, Barbara, gets on there and asks this person to stop and leave her daughter alone. She messages the account and begs them to stop. Janelle is feeling embarrassed and afraid her new friends might see these comments and think differently of her. Her mother asks if she's upset anyone recently or if anyone was mad at her and would cause them to say these things. Janelle explains that it may be Billy's girlfriend, Billie Jean. Janelle says that she's jealous of her because she's prettier than her and because Billy likes her and not Billie Jean. She didn't tell her mom that she had a crush on Billy and that may be the reason if it is in fact Billie Jean saying these awful things to her. Barbara says hell with this and goes directly to Tracy to confront her and ask her if she knows why this is happening, but Tracy is clueless as well. This ended up starting a big fight between all the friends. Billie Jean says she would never say things like that to Janelle. Billy says there's no way he would ever consider leaving his girlfriend Billie Jean for Janelle. He didn't even know Janelle liked him. Jamie, who is the man that Janelle is seeing, says he believes it is Billie Jean typing these awful comments. Everyone's mad at each other. Janelle even says at one point she wishes Billy, Billie Jean, and the baby were dead. Billy and Billie Jean decide they do not need this kind of drama in their life, and they both unfriend Janelle. One day, Janelle finds large rocks in her front yard. Painted on them were the words Billy and Billie Jean. So these supposed online threats were now becoming very real life. I want to talk about Janelle's time on the computer. So she used social media to make friends, but was known to be obsessive at times. She was paranoid, and it made her mean at times. Once, she and her parents went to the police station because someone removed her as a top friend on MySpace. Buddy, Janelle's father, went to the police because a woman had removed Janelle as a Facebook friend. The police told him that Janelle should probably stay off of social media. 
but she never stopped. She continually logged on. As she loses online friends, she gets more and more upset. In fact, in May of 2011, two women had to take out restraining orders on Janelle because they unfriended her and she showed up at their house and she would also call them 20 times a day. If she saw you in the grocery store, her and her parents would make a scene. Janelle is still receiving these awful anonymous online threats, some claiming she needs to die and that she is too pretty to live. Her mother, Barbara, goes on Janelle's page and begs whoever is doing this to stop. Meanwhile, mom Barbara has made a friend online, and his name is Chris. Barbara and Chris formed such a friendship that Barbara even referred to him as a son. Chris was a handsome young guy in his late 20s, early 30s, and Barbara talked to him online every single day through emails. He told her he had lost his wife and that he loved dogs, but there's something unique about Chris and why he was reaching out to Barbara. See, Chris is a CIA agent. He says he's been assigned to watch over Janelle. He sees these online threats and he's been monitoring them. Well, he tells Barbara that these threats were confirmed to be real, and we'll get more into this mysterious character Chris in a bit. On January 31st, 2012, a friend of Billy and Billie Jean stops by their house they shared with Billy's dad. Billy's dad wasn't home. He had went to work at 5.30 that morning. This friend goes inside and sees things in the house like they are home, but neither are answering when he yells for them. He's there to pick Billy up for work, and he doesn't want to be late himself, so he leaves and figures Billy had gotten another ride to work. A neighbor comes over to collect his mail around 10 a.m. I don't know the dynamic of this or why a neighbor would be coming over to get mail, but this neighbor walks in and can't find them anywhere. He goes upstairs and figures maybe they're up there with the baby. Billy and Billie Jean had this kind of open door policy and friends would often just knock and walk in, so it's not unusual for this friend to come inside uninvited. The friend goes upstairs and into the master bedroom, where he finds 36-year-old Billy Payne with his throat sliced and a gunshot wound to the face. He begins screaming when he sees him and touches his arm and it's cold. He needs to look for Billie Jean and their seven-month-old son, Tyler, and they're not in the room with him. So he goes into the baby's room. Inside the room was the body of 23-year-old Billie Jean. She had died of a gunshot wound to the face. Little baby Tyler was alive and cradled in his mom's arms. Tyler did not appear harmed. He was very lethargic when he was found though. This neighbor's wife called 911 and reports what her husband just found next door. It appears a killer had entered their home, shot Billy, slit his throat, and then went into Tyler's room, where his mom, Billie Jean, was holding him in her arms, and she was shot in the face as well. The killer spared baby Tyler. We know that Billy's dad had left at 5.30 that morning, and Billie Jean was up getting a bottle prepared for Tyler, and she was very much alive, so we know it's been just a few hours at most. Tyler wasn't in there alone for days. The police arrive and two ambulances to remove the bodies. We don't know at this point if it's a murder-suicide or what. There was no real evidence that the killer left behind. 
This is a really small town, and the police were immediately tipped off that Billy and Billie Jean had this big feud going on between them and Janelle and her parents and her boyfriend Jamie, who also happened to be Billy's cousin. Remember, Billy is the brother of Janelle's friend Tracy. Tracy introduced Janelle to her cousin Jamie as a way to distract her from Billy. Friends say Janelle was harassing this couple for over a year because she was upset that Billy loved Billie Jean and not her. Now, since this is such a small town, their police department isn't really equipped to handle a double homicide. This town is used to dealing with bicycle theft and the occasional DUI, so they enlisted the help of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations, which was a really good idea since they have way more resources. The day after the murders, Chief Deputy Joe Woodard of the Johnson County Sheriff's Department talked to Janelle, Barbara, and Buddy at their home. They asked about her boyfriend, Jamie, and Janelle says he's not her boyfriend. Police know she is lying and just hiding it from her parents, so Jamie is brought into the police station and given a polygraph. When asked if he knew who Billy and Billie Jean's killer was, he said no, and the test determined that that was a lie. Jamie is in the interview room and being questioned for hours. He denies having anything to do with the shooting deaths of Billy and Billie Jean. Finally, he begins to break. He asks, is there a man named Chris around here? They tell him no. He says, is anyone from the CIA here? They tell him no, no one from the CIA is here. What are you talking about? He says he had been texting back and forth with a man named Chris, who was a CIA agent, and it was his job to protect Janelle. After six hours, Jamie tells detective that Buddy, Janelle's dad, was the one who killed Billy and Billie Jean, and he was there with him. The police are skeptical because they don't believe Buddy is physically capable of committing a crime. He's in bad health with an oxygen tank and that he's got to lug this thing around, it would be difficult for him to pull off a double murder and leave zero evidence behind. But Jamie was with him, though. They asked Jamie to call Buddy and try to get a confession over the phone, and he did. The next day, police raid the Potter house. Buddy is arrested and, according to Barbara, wasn't allowed to take his medications, and she was very vocal about the treatment that he received during his arrest. She even said that he says things that don't make sense when he hasn't had his medications. Brought in and questioned, a big search is going on in the Potter house. They found an arsenal of weapons. Buddy owned more than 60 guns. This guy won't walk through the grocery store without a gun on his hip. Police are walking through the home and see Barbara ripping something up. They walk over and it's pictures of Billie Jean. They tell her to stop. Why does she have pictures of Billie Jean anyway? This isn't a good look during a murder investigation. They take the family's computer out of the house along with 51 other items. They search Buddy's truck and find three trash bags full of shredded documents. One officer, and I don't know her name, uh, spent days with rolls of scotch tape taping all these shredded documents back together again. Can you imagine? What those documents were, were emails, back and forth emails between Barbara and this mystery guy, Chris. Chris had formed this close relationship with Barbara, even referring to her as mom. He says he is a CIA operative and can't use his real name. He is assigned to watch over Janelle. 
yes, this little town of 3,000 people, he was assigned to be a guardian angel of someone getting bullied on Facebook. He knew a lot about Janelle and told her mom that people were out to kill her. They want to take her virginity. They want to cut her head off. Janelle is in danger and you all need to do something to these people that want to cause her harm. They need to die. He gives Barbara the name of Billy and Billie Jean. He even talks about Billy being a drug addict. The truth was Billy was using painkillers for a long time and he was an addict, but he had been clean for a long time. He even quit smoking cigarettes when his son was born. Barbara takes this info to her husband, Buddy, and also Jamie and says, look at what they're saying about Janelle. They're calling her names and threatening violence. You need to do something about this. My CIA friend Chris says he will protect you from any charges. If you get caught, he will appear and use his power of being a CIA operative and he'll make these charges go away. You'll be free and Janelle will be safe. Barbara, Buddy, and Jamie all believed this man. So Buddy and Jamie go over and kill Billy and Billy Jean in their home. So Buddy and Jamie are at the police station getting interrogated and asking where their CIA buddy Chris is. They're waiting on him to swoop in and have the charges dismissed and they can go back home. But Chris never arrives. Buddy comes out with this story that there was a $3,000 bounty on Janelle's head. He had to protect her, but he claimed that Barbara and Janelle did not know what he had done. Police allow him to call his wife before they proceeded with the rest of the interrogation. They record this conversation and Buddy tells her he is responsible for the double murder. Barbara keeps saying, oh, you're not guilty. You're not guilty. You were just under duress. She even says, I'll tell them you were home all night. Don't worry, you were home all night. This is odd because if your partner calls you from a police station and says, hey, I killed two people, most people aren't going to say, no, you didn't. You're not guilty. She kept using those two specific words over and over again, not guilty. The family's computer is analyzed and it's found that the IP address from where Chris was sending the emails wasn't some secret location in Tennessee. The IP address was coming from inside the Potter home. The hundreds of emails back and forth between Barbara and Chris are carefully reviewed by handwriting experts and forensic linguists, and it's determined that Chris had a lot of misspellings in his writing. The same words that Chris misspelled were the exact same words that Janelle misspelled. Being a high-ranked CIA officer, you would think he could spell common words correctly. Ultimately, Chris and Janelle were the same person. Chris, the big shot CIA operative, was someone Janelle made up. She was the one sending the emails to her mom for a long time. She made everything up and her parents believed that Chris was a real person and he was her protector. Janelle, posing as Chris, convinced her dad and Jamie to kill Billy and Billy Jean through emails to her mom that were read out loud to her dad. It was determined that Janelle was the one posting the awful online threats and bullying, not Billie Jean. Someone had posted on the Mountain City Facebook page, someone with the name Matt Potter, who I assume is Janelle as well, posted that Billie Jean Hayworth and her friends were, quote, no good whores. This person also said they were HIV positive. Then the person says wonderful things about Janelle and how she's a great person. It gave me a headache to read, and I'll read it out exactly what it said verbatim. 
it's hard to follow, so I apologize in advance. So from Matt Potter, who I believe is Janelle, Janelle is a sweet person and people try to get her, but her dad is big time and will deal with the rest of this shit. They're fucking whores and that's all this town is and drugs. I know Billie Jean and her friends did drugs together and her friend does meth she gets from Jason. I know way too much, lol. I love that Janelle is not like them and stayed sweet. They are dumb assholes. Motherfuckers get what's coming their way and they don't know who I am. I guess Billy didn't know his phone was being taped. I know what he said about Janelle and it was wrong. He's at work when these girls are doing this to Janelle. I'm going to be posting numbers if they don't stop doing this to Janelle. I have cells to home phone numbers and fucking Billie Jean is getting so fat with that baby she looks like a chipmunk that eats too many nuts. I hope she loses the baby. It doesn't need a mother and father like Billy and Billie Jean. He's no father by the way he acts and talks. Sooner they move out of town, the better. Something about getting a house. I hope they don't get it and have to live in the woods. More better for Chipmunk. She can't make friends out there and she can fuck deers and bears and whatever else. I hope bears eat her, but she is so ugly they would probably run the other way. Ugly ass bitch whore, druggy whore ass bitch, go fuck a tree and leave Janelle alone. Okay, so again, that was posted on the Mountain City, Tennessee Facebook page by someone named Matt Potter, who says that he's Janelle's brother, but Janelle doesn't have any brothers. Billy and Billie Jean's neighbor, uh, his wife was the one who called 911. Well, she said that she witnessed a couple months before an altercation between Janelle and her mom and Billie Jean. Billie Jean was pumping her gas, and this lady saw Janelle and her mom pull up next to her and begin shouting threats before driving off. Billie Jean approaches her and cries to her, saying, This won't stop. They follow me everywhere. And now that I'm a mother, they say I'm unfit. They call me trash. They are constantly threatening me. In August 2013, Janelle and Barbara are arrested for their involvement in the murders. And in October 2013, Buddy was found guilty for the murders and was sentenced to two life sentences. Jamie agreed to a plea deal of 25 years in prison in exchange for testifying against Buddy, Barbara, and Janelle. In May 2015, Barbara and Janelle go on trial. This case was moved to Jonesboro because of pre-trial publicity created by all the sensationalism of the case in a small community, as well as the motive for their deaths that Janelle was unfriended on Facebook. That makes the case much more interesting and people talk about it more. So this is difficult because prosecutors had to prove to the jury that both women were guilty of murder, even though they were never even at the murder scene. Janelle's lawyer tells the jury that Janelle is not capable of committing an act of convincing people to kill others. She has the mind of a child. She's not a bad person, but the jury didn't believe it. Both Barbara and Janelle were convicted of two counts of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. They are both in the same prison together today and have both appealed their sentences, but were denied. It was revealed that this character, Chris, was in fact based off of a real person, a man Janelle had gone to high school with. She found him on Facebook and used his photos to pretend to be the CIA agent and talk to Barbara. Chris was a real Delaware State Police officer and another victim of Janelle's plot. The real Chris said he barely remembered her in high school and was never friends with her and only spoke to her once or twice back in school. 
He also said he didn't have any communication with her since he graduated in 2000. Remember, Janelle had a sister that left home to go live with her grandparents? We learned that she had taken out a restraining order against her parents because there was so much tension between them. She didn't believe Janelle's health complications were anywhere near the level that her parents did. She believed Janelle was a normal functioning adult. Little Tyler, who was just seven months old when his mom died while holding him, is now 11 years old and lives with family members. Billie Jean's sister told Janelle in court, we will tell Tyler how much his parents loved him and wanted to be with him and watch him grow up. You may have taken his parents, but you will never take away the memories that we will be sharing with him. Ultimately, this is a story of love, of love obsession, one of the oldest stories in the book, but with technology and a twist. Rest in peace to Billie Jean Hayworth and Billy Payne. That's it for this week, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care, and much love to you all.